You are listening to Mark Hatmaker Rough and Tumble Raconteur. This is a grab bag of old school Western martial arts, resurrected indigenous ways and empirical musings tinged with a heavy dose of respect, admiration, let's call it hero worship, for these hosses of yore. Crew, this is Mark Hadmaker coming to you from the Comancheria. Let's uh, kind of pick up where we left off on our last episode of this uh, so exciting podcast. Let's talk about uh, the case against shadow boxing and other shaky practices, part two. Uh, we've got a, uh, I'll, I'll provide in, in, the, uh, in the show description a link to a, a printed material to this as well if you want to take a look. Also has a video link if you want to back up some of what we're taking a look here. And uh, we'll also expand on that written article a bit here. When uh, let's let's set the stage of the, of the quote, or I'm kind of paraphrasing from Karl Popper, a philosopher of science, saying that science must begin with myths, and the criticism of myths. Uh, often, uh, since we are not necessarily all of us professional athletes, there's only so many hours in the training day. We always must keep opportunity cost in mind when we're doing training. That is, shaky practices or practices that pay low dividends, or at worst case, and many of these uh, actually work at cross-purposes to what we're looking to actually build or gain, uh, they get in the way of us. With only so many training hours in the day, we obviously would like to ballpark uh, our, our best bets where we need our most gains, right? So let's go ahead and uh, go to uh, a pop quiz here. I've uh, done several versions of these, and but, uh, all these questions are going to be true or false. Answer in your mind, keep up with them, and I'm going to give you 16 of these. Number one. Explosive bench pressing educates football players to be fast and explosive in the upper body. True or false? Two. Clapping push-ups and other like plyometric push-ups educate speed in the combat athlete. True or false? Three. Swinging a weighted bat increases facility when hitting a baseball. True or false? Four. Swinging a kettlebell increases facility in takedowns for the combat athlete. Five, agility drills. Things of things along the lines of agility ladders and such. They build speed and quickness for football players. True or false? Six, speed bags build punch quickness for boxers. True or false? Seven, plyometric tossing of medicine balls improves throwing ability. True or false? Eight, skipping rope improves footwork and quickness in the ring, in the cage, or on the turf. Nine, lifting free weights improves balance far more than do machine or cam-regulated resistance work. 10. Shadow boxing or shadow kicking, shadow kickboxing, shadow wrestling improves speed of execution. True or false? 11. Stretching has proven performance benefits. True or false? 12. High repetition calisthenics build stamina. 13. The bench press performed with feet firmly on the floor is the optimal way to build pushing power. True or false? 14. Stretching or mobility drills for necks, hips, and shoulders are the ideal method for maintaining or regaining lost range of motion. 15. Long cardio sessions are the ideal way to build endurance. 16. HIT, H-I-T, or high-intensity training, is the ideal shortcut for building stamina and speed while maintaining strength. Okay, there we go. We got 16 questions there. I take it you have your answer. All those are just true or false. Now, you ready for the answer key? Now, first, uh, some of you might be asking, why did I include so many sports outside of combat? Uh, you know, football and baseball analogies and such. Uh, well, large franchise sports, NFL, football, MLB, uh, Major League Baseball, these sports have thrown a lot of money at optimizing the training of their athletes. And the cash in the barrel head is key to keeping a franchise in the running. 
So coaches and trainers in these high-stakes endeavors falling prey to the fads and fashions of conditioning and making patchwork quilts of training top-level athletes based on poor uh, disputed research. That's anathema, right? So in other words, these guys just can't be out there, you know, take a look and see what the new flavor or fad is they take find on the Internet and taking it and throwing at their uh, – uh, these guys with there's a major investment in every single athlete. It's just, it just makes zero sense to do that. You're going to make sure what you're doing works well. This is some pretty much the money ball formulation. What statistically does work, and then let's apply it. Now let's get to that answer key. Uh, all of those are faults. And uh, help the keep. It's going to be tough to keep those in mind. I understand when you're just listening to it. That's why I provided the link so you can take a look at the printed version as well. So you can go back through and go, hmm, you know, all these. Or did I get that right? Or I get that wrong? Or what? Now, for some of you, you might be thinking each of these practices are part and parcel of many a training condition. You might uh, be asking, how can all of them be false, let alone any of them? And again, uh, we're going to be laying some foundation here. Keep in mind, I hardly urge you to read or listen to uh, part one of the discussion of the case against shadow boxing. We hear shadow boxing just standing in for any sort of uh, shaky practice that looks good on the face of the evidence. But once you dig a little deeper, it uh, pays either low dividends or even worse, horrible dividends interferes with, interferes with uh, what you're actually looking to build. Now, as we lay this foundation, first, our false evaluation of the, all these, uh, the pop quiz you just gave are based on one, old school training practices and two, current motor learning research, which shows that once again, seemingly forgotten or misunderstood old ways might just be the wiser ways. Now, let's talk about motor learning. We'll need an operating definition as we move forward. Motor, motor learning deals with movement skill acquisition and the reinforcement and transfer of these actions. Now pull out your mental highlighter because reinforcement and transfer are key ideals. I'll say that again, reinforcement and transfer. This is going to hold forward for all the material we're discussing here. The crux of motor learning is to train athletes with maximum efficiency with no opportunity cost and no interference. Again, key ideas will be hammering all of these, opportunity cost and interference. All right. Let's talk a little bit about specificity. We've done that many a time, but that's what you have to do whenever you're dealing with uh, real-world training. You are ahead of the game if you assume that specificity plays a large part in the old-school approach in motor learning. Fine. Like, well, you see that reflected in special uh, warfare operations uh, maxims, such as how you train is how you fight, or let your training be reflective of the battlefield. Absolutely. The thing is, where we make our errors, sometimes we find things that look similar to the battlefield, and we mistake that for a wise way to go. And that's where we're really digging in, and we're fighting hard against that particular aspect of the game. In essence, specificity states that learning is task-specific. That is what you train for. That is what you get. This holds even for similar domains. So the middle-distance runners do not train like marathoners. Marathoners do not train like sprinters. Olympic speed walkers do not train like power walkers, etc. Each of these athletes may be putting one foot in front of the other, but they and we recognize that improvement in a specific domain requires task-specific focus. If that task is our main target or our breadwinning moneymaker, in the case of a professional athlete, training options outside of that task rob us of that time. That is opportunity cost. And may in fact inhibit what we wish to improve. Now more on this to come. This non-transfer is called domain specificity. That is, expertise or ability in a single era, area in no way implies similar performance outside of that endeavor. This holds not only in physical endeavors, but in cognitive tasks as well. When we assume, when we see expertise in one area, then we assume someone is also good outside of that. In cognitive psychology, they call that the halo effect, assuming that you've uh, got mastered beyond these boundaries, when in fact, for the most part, no, you don't. Uh, here's an example. A masters of uh, chess. They assume most of us assume 
assume this is a very highly brainy endeavor. Well, these people no, in no way perform above the mean in other board games or exhibit superhuman memory or calculating prowess outside the realm of the 64 squares on that board. Uh, a Harvard PhD in chemical engineering does not automatically confer the ability to fix my transmission, tell me when to plant tomatoes, or tell me if my marriage is stable or not. All right, To assume that they have expertise outside of that given domain is the halo effect. And again, poor transfer. Now, this may spark a question from some. You might be saying, okay, Mark, I'm down with specificity and that whole domain dependence thing. That likely holds true for the weekend athlete. But those at the top of their games are elite animals. They likely have a different sort of makeup to them that makes their prowess a bit more transferable. Okay. Now, uh, this is where, again, in the uh, show description, I provided a link. And over there in the link, you're going to see the uh, print version of this with a little bit more material that I'm discussing here. We're kind of building on back and forth. And I also provided a link to video. Uh, ABC TV ran a, a show for 20 years called Superstars Competitions. The premise was to take stars of the respective sports and then pit them against another, uh, one another in sporting endeavors outside of their bailiwick. So, in other words, no one's really playing the game that they're known for, but they're all in, engaging in uh, professional, I mean, uh, athletic endeavors. So, but these are all professional athletes, top of their game as well. If we would to, were to look at the first telecast, we can see such legends as uh, skiing's John Claude Keeley, uh, Johnny Bench from baseball, Johnny Unitas football. Bob Segrin from pole vaulting, Emerson, uh, Emerson Fitzpauli from auto racing. And for those of you who doubt auto racing is a sport, I suggest you drive. You'll change your mind. Uh, Joe Frazier, <laughs> come on, you guys know who that is. Uh, Elvin Hayes from basketball, etc. They competed in 10 different events, including uh, tennis, golf, swimming, cycling, weightlifting, rowing, bowling. All right. So how did these stars with their above average abilities do? Well, again, you can dial it up for yourself and, and take a look. I've, again, I provided the link so you can watch it. Uh, and I, it's just one, just one of the events on there. So it's not like you're sitting there watching 45 minutes of stuff. It's just about five, 10 minute link. I mean, a, a video clip. Again, you can dial up, take a look, or you can just go with right now type McWhorter for the assessment of uh, all these gyms performed uh, below average in a majority of the events they uh, competed in. When I say below average, many of them are completing what's in front of them, but if you keep in mind these are professional athletes, why aren't they playing at a professional or even a, a good club level in many of these other events? It just shows you back again. Specificity rears its ugly head. In some cases, these anointed ones were train wrecks. Mr. United seems unable to row a boat. Uh, Mr. Hayes' tennis game, well... All right. And the legendary Smokin' Joe could not get a moderately, lo- a moderately loaded barbell over his head, and he seems precariously close to drowning in the swim event. Pay close attention whenever they cu- in the video clip when they cut away. You see there's, uh, there's a little bit of flailing going on there. Again, I say none of this to shame the men who have already proven themselves in their domains. This is where their expertise, this is where they shine, this is where they are legends, and that takes away nothing from what they're able to do there. No one doubts the power of Joe Frazier in his domain. It simply did not transfer to weights or the pool, all right? So we got to make sure we're, you're kind of getting close to what we're talking about with some specificity. You, there's poor transfer with many other athletic endeavors, and make sure they do. your training does not want to kibosh or hamstring what you are looking to specifically improve. Now, of course, over the 20-year program, overall performance improved amongst these athletes, but this was due to the humiliation effect. Again, what it is, the top athletes uh, saw what occurred in these early days of the broadcast, and they all self-admitted in interviews that when they were selected for the program, they began training for some facility in the given sports because they didn't want to embarrass themselves. So to improve in a domain, they had to leave their target domain behind, okay? You with me? To uh, be good at something specific or outside of what you got, this whole broad general preparedness uh, uh, pre- uh, conditioning, there's a bit of a problem here if you really have your eye on the prize. 
You might be thinking, all right, Mark, I hear you, no one doubts specificity. One does not need a pool to be a good boxer or a heavy bag to be a good runner. Right, but come on, speed bags and shadow boxing for boxers and agility drills for running backs. Those seem mighty sport specific. Okay, now we're getting closer and closer. We're going to get uh, where it seems like where the problem comes in. Things that seem similar, that's a problem, right? All those things do seem similar. They do indeed. But it turns out, though, they're not similar enough. And that's where an insidious training trap rears its ugly head. And because they do look so similar, they steal a lot of our time, a lot of our attention, and a lot of our effort. And uh, that may be where we're uh, really getting into a problem. Because no one doubts the obviousness of saying, uh, I want to be a pole vaulter, so I'm really playing a lot of checkers. We would all go, well, that's absurd. But if we might say, I want to be a pole vaulter, vaulter, so I'm doing a whole lot of... Uh, barbell rows and you might go well it might be a good idea but is it now in, in part three we will take a trip deeper into scientific weeds and then start on the road offering how and why to alter our training approaches and again our, our facet is a uh, combat uh training particularly old school combat from the early days and uh, we will also allow what recent science says to make the case for what the old timers already knew in the meantime uh, if you want to jump in on the real deal old school way of physical conditioning see so our unleaded programs and you just keep reading about it hearing about it you can jump in it hell i'm 56 years old coming up on 57 and uh, i feel like i'm in the, if it weren't for all the accrued injuries the best shape of my life and i able to do this far easier just by adhering to what was considered wise at one time and again the science right now says is wise but it still does not seem to have permeated out and trickled far enough and for a good uh, dispersion amongst the general population Again, we got three volumes. Those unleaded out right now. We got the next two titles on the way: unleaded shoulder uh, stability, be available in June, and unleaded endurance, uh, where we offer the 1040 package, which is easy stamina acquisition the old school way. Anyway, uh, hopefully you enjoy some of this little dip into motor learning. We are not close to done. The case is not complete yet, but if you consume uh, parts one and two, you might already have a little bit of head scratching. Going, yeah, there might be something here. And if you're still skeptical, stay with me. We got some more stuff, a few more nails to hammer in that coffin. Anyway, take care of yourself, crew. Well, if you dig what we just discussed today, uh, I'd like to invite you to like and subscribe to the podcast. Hell, support it if you want. I'm not your dad. Do what you want. And if you're a glutton for punishment, uh, just visit our website, extremeselfprotection.com. You'll find links to the blog, all of our products, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more pages of like musics. <laughs>